a Highline podcast. This is Ravel, a roundtable show about the complexity of faith in the age of information. My name's Josh. I'm Stephen. And I'm Emily. We each grew up in different parts of American Christianity, and we still keep thinking about how to take it seriously, even as we leave some beliefs behind. We think theology should be an exploratory dialogue, so our hope is that this podcast will encourage growth, both for individuals and communities. We don't have all the answers, but we're here to sort out as much as we can over a drink or two. Join us as we ravel out our faith in a complex world, pulling on one thread at a time, seeking meaning at the end of it all. Thanks for listening. My friends, and welcome on this fine recording day. How are you, and what beverage are you consuming? Uh, a, I'm doing pretty good. I'm a little warm, but I made myself mm. a sparkling lemonade with lemon bubbly, so it's like doubly lemony. Oh, mm. wow. I am also enjoying a rather warm podcasting room. I turn the AC off when we record just so we don't get, I don't have a bunch of background noise. Makes this room a little warm, but we're back into it. I enjoyed it so much last time that I made myself another Arnold Palmer with sparkling Mm. lemonade. Loved it so much. Good choice. I am also warm, but not for the same reason y'all are. I'm. (laughs) Yeah, we're not pregnant. I'm always warm. I'm always warm. (laughs) Uh, But I. This is going to sound so bizarre. I'm drinking a really tall glass of milk. Oh, nice. All right. 2% whole milk, oat milk. What are we working with here? 2%. Fair I don't enough. know why. It just Guys, sounded so good. I don't know if you saw my tweet this morning, but I don't know why I've been sleeping on oat milk so long. Hey. But it's so good. Yeah. What Only some brands. What that is also true. I'm into that Oatly. Is also true. Oatly is the brand of the Henning household. Don't Uh-oh. make that sound. Uh-oh. Don't do it. Uh oh. Man, I miss drinking milk. <laughs> I swore off of it after watching a documentary and I was like, I'll try it for a week, not drinking it, because I could easily drink a couple pints a day. Whoa. Oh, and yeah. now I just don't drink milk. But okay. To be honest, sometimes I crave it a little bit. Sometimes it just hits the spot, and that yeah. this is one of those moments. Why? I don't know. Pregnancy? Sure. <laughs> what, so, is it Chobani that you're into, Josh? I have to know now. I have Cali- to know as well. Califia. Oh. Oh. Yeah. It doesn't taste like you're drinking oatmeal. But that's what I like about Oatly, is like the little, really? the hint of actual oh. oat is very good. Well, yeah. It's yeah, it's especially nice. uh, especially on my Cheerios this morning. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's fine. Yeah, I you do you. <laughs> no judge, no judge. Thank you. It's better well, than it's better than drinking. Or it's better than doing chips and salsa cereal, like you were talking about on the whiskey bench. Oh my gosh. No. Oh. Okay. I was <laughs> listening to that at work, and I could not stop laughing. We cannot relitigate this. This is the absolute right way to finish a jar of salsa and a bag of chips at the same time. Is you put it all in a bowl and eat it with a spoon and call it salsa cereal. Y'all, I can't play mediator between this. I can't. I just can't. We'll take it to Twitter. Let's go to Twitter, Josh. This is too controversial. Let's talk theology. We'll see you in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I'm hoping we'll get into theology. On that but note. Oh. This is a complete left field conversation that we are about to have. And you can thank my dear mother, Linda Shelton. Uh, she's a huge fan of this Shout podcast. Shout out to Linda. Hey. She's wonderful. Uh, she actually was inquiring about what it means to be a Patreon, so I filled her in. So maybe we'll see good old Mama G on board. <gasps> no we'll see. way. Maybe. Did you just call her Mama G? Yeah, Mama Where Gangster. Where in Linda Shelton? Oh, Mama, Mama Gangster. Gangster. Okay. That's her, yeah. She also goes by Nana, you know? So, I mean, she's a woman of many names. Mm. What, um, is, what are we about to talk about? We are going to talk about aliens. Oh, my God, <laughs> yes! Speaking of conspiracies and We <laughs> are going episode. to talk, and I have no, I, I do not know where this conversation is going to go. 
But what sparked this was uh, we love a show called Roswell. Not the new Roswell that's on the CW. It's okay. But the original Roswell, oh, totally knocked it out. It was so good. And my mother and I, when I was home for a baby shower, we were talking about the idea of just other beings and how God is a part of said other beings, if that's the case. And she she was like, you know, Emily, do you think you could talk about this on an episode? So here you go, Mom. We are talking about aliens and other life forms and other creation and other wow. universes. And I just want to see where this goes. I, I actually have no, like, I guess if I had a question is, A, do you believe in other life forms? And what does that look like? In regards to, like, do they have a theology? Do they worship a god? Is it the same god? There's so many directions that this can go. So I just want to see where you all take it. Um, Did I tell you that I did a TikTok about this recently? No. No. What? Should I play it for you? Oh. <gasps> uh, <laughs> yes? I think you absolutely okay. should. Okay. Hopefully this will sound good. Okay. this. So I did what's called a stitch for all of you people who are not on TikTok where like you're responding to someone's video but it like plays their video at first so this is like Mm. somebody's video about alien theology like someone who's clearly not a christian and then it's me is there an alien heaven is there an alien hell is there an alien bible where they follow hey there i believe in sky daddy god and uh since i know you were being satirical i'll let that one slide But maybe to address that question really quick, in general, most Christians believe that God created the universe, not just the earth, usually holding to classical theism, but also panentheism, which, yes, thank you for asking, is different than pantheism. Here's a podcast all about that. So regarding aliens, that's a really good question, and theologians have thought about it for a long time, including C.S. Lewis. He wrote a whole space sci-fi trilogy about this issue. And this is a really good episode detailing different theologians' answers to this question. But here's the kicker. The whole alien religion debate is a great way to export the discussion about multiple religions existing on Earth. Long answer, go listen to those pods. Short answer, God loves everybody, regardless of their beliefs. (gasps) Sorry about the background noise on that, because I was walking outside. Yeah, that has real strong Josh TikTok energy. You're always walking, my friend, even when you Marco Polo us. You're so mobile. I am. I appreciate this so much. Um, we can we can put some links to the pods that I referenced. Yes, please. If we want to, they're mostly. I think the only ones I referenced were by Dan Koch because he's amazing and of course interviews amazing people. Everyone should listen to You Have Permission. Yeah, it's oh, incredible. Shout out to Dan if you're listening, Dan. Um, I'm really fascinated by the whole alien question, like the fact that this woman was bringing up questions about aliens and God and belief. As someone who's probably not a Christian, just like as evidenced by some of the way she asked her questions, I think it's so fascinating that like other people are also fascinated by it Hmm. because it's like, for all intents and purposes, a hypothetical. Like we have no scientific evidence proof positive that there are aliens. We can speculate all we want. We can like draw up formulas. There's that like famous Mm -hmm. equation, but we have no evidence. Right. in my mind, it's a complete hypothetical that's really fun to think about, and I don't know where to go with it either. What, what do you think, Stephen? I personally think that life has to exist off of our planet, um, and whether that, whether that be in forms of, like, I don't know, like microbial uh, beneath the surface of some ocean or a bush. Like, wouldn't it be awesome if we just found a bush on another planet? Like, I think that would blow our minds enough. But- oh my gosh, that would be insane. <laughs> <laughs> I just I don't know I, I'm I'm one of those I don't know if it's like a childlike faith or something I just don't see why God wouldn't make a universe this big and yet like keep life to just our planet just our zone mm-hmm. you know it just seems wild to me um okay I hear that I hear that line a lot but I don't think that that's convincing like, I hear even non-Christians make that argument. Like, the universe is so big, life must exist. But that's mm-hmm. not a scientific necessity. So what would be convincing then for you? I think actual proof. At, like, actual evidence that something has existed or that something does exist 
of organic life outside of Earth's ecosystem. Hmm. Like maybe we will discover it. Like maybe next week a telescope will pick up a planet millions of light years away. Actually, I don't know how far telescopes can see, obviously. Um, <laughs> but like maybe it will see that like some sort of plant life exists on another planet and it will just like change our scientific outlook. Like I think that well, that would be evidence enough. Hasn't there been some evidence found on Mars? Was I, is that not correct? I think that what they discovered was water, like existence, oh. or they found what they think is pretty conclusive evidence that water has existed on Mars, mm -hmm. I believe. Right. Okay. But that doesn't necessarily mean, right. Okay. Yeah. Not necessarily life forms. I understand. One of the things that I was intrigued about when I was talking with my mom about this was the idea of being afraid if there are other beings or other life forms out there. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do, this is a common theme in many of our episodes, but pop culture, like this mm. idea of aliens coming down, they're so advanced, they're these little green people and they're going to beam us up and probe us and whatever. Um, but my mom asked a question that I kind of think I'm intrigued by is why, if that wasn't the case, if there are other beings, but that wasn't what goes on with said life forms, what would we be afraid of when encountering other life forms? I think that's such a good question. Like, is there a valid fear in encountering another life form? Because I think, at least for me, we as the human race have some fear with people within our own race. Mm. We see this with racism and with sexism and all mm. the other isms. So I wonder what would it be like to meet another life form that was intelligent, was capable of communicating with us and had a sense of consciousness that made them different than like animals, you know, they were on par with us, so to speak. And what would religion look like? That's very curious. I, Josh, I like that you referenced the Space Trilogy by C.S. Lewis in your TikTok. Mm. I am, mm -hmm. I am in the middle of reading the third book of that trilogy right now, actually. Oh, oh interesting. Coincidentally. Really? And uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's one of the central questions that C.S. Lewis is grappling with. It's like, if there is alien life, you you would think just based on knowing that the space trilogy by C.S. Lewis exists and that he's a pretty popular 20th century Christian thinker, you would think it would be like that central question of like, would Jesus have to die on every planet somehow or for some mm. reason? Or what do they have their own versions of the Bible or like, do they each have a Moses of some meaningful form or substance? All questions I've heard. Um, but the way he takes it is basically like, that the earth has been shut off from the spiritual realm of the universe because of basically like demonic powers that have shielded us around the, the moon's orbit. Mm. So he, it's like, he's almost presupposing that life was on Mars and that there is life on Venus. Like that's what the entire second book is about is in his world. Paralandra is another name for Venus. And the main character basically saves, I guess, spoiler alert, by the way, but huh. <laughs> the main character basically saves Venus from their own version of Adam and Eve's fall in the Garden of Eden. Yeah, it's 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 a curious thought experiment in that way. Mm. There's a part of me that almost wants to draw the conclusion that any fear, I keep thinking about that question you just mentioned, that if anybody has fear or some sort of like preconceived notion about how they would feel about aliens if they existed is somehow related to how that person perceives and conceives of God. Mm. Oh, it's related. Say like, more. I don't, I'm, I don't even have any anecdotal evidence for this, but I'm just like kind of supposing here. Like if someone has a really penal view of God, like that God is responsible for judging us or punishing us, in some sort of ultimate fashion, is that kind of person, if they're oriented towards aliens, are they more likely to be afraid of aliens? Mm. And that the, the imagining of aliens is somehow representative of the thought experiment between our relationship with God. Oh, I like that. You kind of see what I'm getting at? Like, I, mm -hmm. I don't really know if that's actually true, 
but I wonder. It makes sense. It is interesting that a lot of our pop culture, like of alien invasions or contacts, even recent movies, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think that it would be the case that anything that like successfully traveled many, many, many light years to get here land on our one of our continents. Like, why would we assume it would be hostile? Unless we assume we would be hostile landing on an alien planet. Mm. Well, I mean, we were kind of hostile when we landed in what is now, you know, the United States. <laughs> so I think that's kind of valid. Mm, Which ironically came from a Christian doctrine, quote unquote. It's true. Yeah. So when we assume alien, an alien like contact would be hostile. Like we're almost projecting what we know to be true of ourselves to any race yeah. that would brave the void to get to our atmosphere, to our world. Also, I just love the idea of like, oh, everyone wants to come to our planet. <laughs> like there's something so great and so fascinating about us that all these other life forms, if they're out there, want to come and study us. I just think that's like, that's just so. I wow, so that, narcissistic. that is actually that's an interesting philosophical question is like, you know, yeah. our, our tendency to make stories and build meaning around essentially human beings be the center of the story. Like we are the mm-hmm. narrative of our planet. My friend Alex was telling me about a book. I forget what book he's probably yelling at his phone right now. He was telling me of a book where basically aliens land and they can only speak to jellyfish. And, you know, the jellyfish is asked for the history of their kind and of the world. You know, and the jellyfish basically spells out the evolutionary process to get to jellyfish. And then they were like, and then it was over. And then it was done. We have re- we are the top of the, the food chain because, <laughs> like, they're in the ocean, right? They don't even know that there's land-based animals. But it, it is interesting, like... Would any creature think that they were the point of it all, I guess? Yeah. Oh, interesting. I probably even butchered that synopsis. Alex, at me on Twitter, correct me if you would. I think that also, um, in conversation with some of my clergy colleagues here in Cody, uh, talking about are we a part of God's story or is God a part of our story? I think that kind of ties into that of... You know, if if there are other life forms, like, do we truly feel that we are the epitome of what is worth studying or worth experimenting on or having conversation with? Or is it we could learn something from these other life forms and they are actually the ones that are kind of the focus of the story? It's interesting. There's actually a study in the world of theology about extraterrestrial intelligence and theological issues. Did you know that? What's the field called? I'm so curious. It's called exotheology. It was Mm. coined in the 60s and 70s. It's the examination of of theological issues as they pertain to extraterrestrial intelligence. And it can be either the beliefs that extraterrestrials might have or it can be our own theologies, how they have been influenced or evidenced of our interactions with extraterrestrials, if we believe we have had mm. interaction with extraterrestrials. So that's interesting. Mm. Okay. That is very... Did you take a class? Like, was this an entire semester of of seminary for you at one point? Oh, gosh, I wish I would have. That would have been so sick. If they had like a concentration <laughs> on exotheology, I would have been Emily Reddinghouse, MDiv, concentration, exotheology. Like that. I, this is all I would want to do is study this. That's so fun. <laughs> what do you think of the theory no. that anything we've encountered as possibly alien or extraterrestrial is merely spiritual demons? Okay, so I was raised with that concept that if aliens reveal themselves, that they are in fact just demons. Why? And I'm not entirely sure what the logic is. I think that, like, I remember reading a science fiction theological-ish novel that connected the concept of the Nephilim in Genesis to aliens. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yep. 
I don't know if everyone who believes that aliens are necessarily demonic in nature, like connect it to the Nephilim. But I, whenever I heard an explanation for it, I heard it tied back to like Satan trying to deceive us, like, and make us think that something is, Mm -hmm. doesn't lead us to God or like something else is greater than God. Mm. It was like a great distraction kind of thing. Interesting. Yeah. I'm not really sure where people get that idea from, to be honest. Especially since it's like, in my mind, still pretty hypothetical. Yeah. Like people just like come to conclusions about like, what if aliens reveal themselves to us? Or like, how would our theology be shaped if such and such happened? Mm -hmm. But like those such and such things haven't happened yet that we know of. Yeah. Or they have, and there's this massive conspiracy to cover there's it cover up. Ups. Like, haven't you yes, heard about the 10-foot-long yeah. femur bones in South America or whatever? Or, like, Josh, you're embedded in Bigfoot territory. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Literally, yes. Okay, there's people who think that Bigfoot is an alien. <laughs> yes, yes. And that's like a whole other level. <gasps> yes, there are. I don't know how they got to. <laughs> Bigfoot is an extra-dimensional, extraterrestrial would that yeah. include the Yeti and like... Yes. Yep. What? Okay. If you guys want some okay. fun stories, if you want some fun podcasting, everyone should listen to Mysterious Universe. It's an Australian podcast. It's two two guys that basically like dig into all sorts of paranormal books and uh, research and then just present new stories every week. It's the first podcast I ever joined their Patreon for. And if my budget ever gets so tight that I have to quit some of my patron memberships, they will be the last. They, the, wow. the stories are so just fun to listen to. Like, I don't I don't know if I believe in any of it, but like the stuff that we as human beings can come up with to make meaning out of some admittedly mysterious things that happen in our world. It's, oh, yeah. it's so fun to listen to to me like this. This is my genre of like. I get why people can dive into like true crime podcasts the way they do. This is my version of it. It's like listening to a bunch of like Bigfoot podcasts and mysterious universe. I can get behind that. Yeah. I can get on board with that. Yeah. It's very exciting. Okay. I actually like the tie into the whole conspiratorial thinking connection. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Because I think that like something that you're highlighting is the meaning making and um. like for people who are religious or Christian, like we, it's such a meaning making structure that I think the concept of aliens does seem threatening to some people because their meaning making structure does not make sense of it, at least right. in the way that they understand it. And so I guess I kind of get the people who believe or were raised to believe that aliens are somehow demonic because their belief structure doesn't account for stuff like that. Yeah. Wait, like Josh, does it just come back wait. to meaning making? Yeah, probably. I, I'm sorry. I'm going back to a much earlier statement. You you don't buy my argument that the universe is just big enough that I don't believe God wouldn't make a universe also diverse in life forms. You don't buy that argument because there's no proof. No, correct. It's it's as illogical as saying. Yeah, but but you believe in like Jesus of Nazareth, <laughs> like do oh, you totally. have proof that <laughs> Jesus Christ walked the earth either? Look, 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 look. We have the same type of evidence to believe in Bigfoot that we do for Jesus, which... And and yet you believe one and not the other. So do you believe in Bigfoot? Oh, 100%. 100%. Which, in my mind, either Christians need to get on board with Bigfoot, or like we need, we to, need to recognize that Jesus? the type of evidence that we have for Jesus <laughs> is very eyewitnessy and open to critique, but also reasonable. Okay. 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 And that kind of evidence and logic to me is different than uh would it be considered a uh, I don't remember the name for it but it's like a it's it's like an argument that hinges on absence and that that absence must be filled. Like you hear it a lot in multiverse arguments that yeah, somewhere I mean, out there there's a there's a universe where it rains gumdrops, but like sure. that's just a thought experiment. That's not mm. a necessity. There's a burden of proof that lies on the alien yes. believer. Sure. Yes. Right. Okay. I get what you're saying. Right. Versus like in terms of history, 
it almost well, and also science. This is more true of science actually than history. Sure. It the burden of proof is in disproving a claim, not proving a claim. Mm-hmm. Okay, but if we're gonna so let's stick to the Jesus argument because I like where this is going. So we know that there's the historical Jesus, but then when you look at Jesus in the Bible and the miracles that Jesus performed and you know ascended and was resurrected and all of this, you know what. How how do we handle people who claim that Jesus is an alien? Okay, but does anybody actually believe that outside of fringe new religious movements that are trying to be Christian adjacent and using Christian language? That That's a good question. I'm not convinced that there is. And I can't think of an example of a group that actually blatantly believed that. But I, I guess I wouldn't put it past someone like trying to make sense of the whole God man situation and being like, well, like maybe he was just like a higher level of being like an extraterrestrial that we like can't understand. I guess there is something to that in like God descending to earth, like God being some sort of like super being that we don't understand. Mm-hmm. Well, that just brings me back to like people superimposing their preconceptions of God onto aliens. Right. Sure. Well, I don't know if you guys have seen the biographical series of documentaries put out by the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but um, <laughs> this is... <laughs> we talking like Batman or uh, like Justice League kind of stuff? Oh, that's not even Marvel, my friend. That's all DC, that's DC. you fool. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, but like this is this is something they like they like to think about, they grapple with is like the entire mm. story arc of the Avengers is like, oh, aliens are real. Like, and it causes everyone to like rethink things they thought about, like ancient cultures that we're talking about, you know, even like Thor coming down on a rainbow bridge or whatever. And they were all of a sudden they're like, oh no, like this is, this is part of it. Like this is, this is what the MCU kind of likes to grapple with is this question of mm-hmm. are our stories of mythology just mythology? Like we're just making up stories or are they somehow stories that have endured of like actual events? No, that's very curious. I was just watching an episode of uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. where, like, the Berserker staff was discovered. And basically, like, the Asgardian that was masquerading as a history professor who, in reality, well, in the MCU reality, has been alive for, like, a thousand years. And he is the Berserker that originally came down. And, like, the whole episode is literally about this. It's like, wait, was it actually a story? Or did did something actually happen that we're just grappling with now? Like we now we have scientific tools to kind of help us discover and describe what was happening to people who like didn't even know germs existed before, you know? (laughs) Oh, fascinating. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe Jesus was just an Asgardian. No, (laughs) I don't want to say that. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to take a quick break to say a few thank yous. Then we'll be back to our conversation. Thank you to our generous patrons for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Y'all are such a huge encouragement to us. If you'd like to support future episodes of Ravel, visit patreon.com slash Ravelpod or by tapping the link in the show notes. Thank you to everyone who is giving five-star ratings and thoughtful reviews on Apple Podcasts and to everyone who contributes to our weekly discussions at Ravelpod on Instagram and Twitter. And of course, much love to Louis Zong for the use of our theme music in full color. And thank you to the Highline Media Network for having us as one of their founding podcasts. Here's a quick preview of a recent episode from our sister show, The Into Podcast. So today, I would like to play the God Committee game with you all. Mm, Interesting. Yeah, I think that's pretty jacked up. I don't think a human... It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, pretty messed yeah, that's, up, That's dude. messed up. Dirt of Satan. And we will We're adjust. We're Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. Twisted, twisted Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> I play pretend dragons. with my family and decide mm-hmm. who lives and dies mm-hmm. on the weekends. <laughs> yeah. If you don't like how the universe or the world is created and the natural laws that apply, you tell me, how would you do it differently? I hate this. Great job. And now back to the conversation. I think that's, that's kind of what I'm thinking about. Like we, 
project almost a, like a malevolent hostility onto any aliens visiting our planet. Maybe it's projecting us, mm-hmm. but it also, Josh, to go back to your point, like coming back to the meaning making of it all, it like it does threaten kind of what we've grown up as a species and as a human race to believe about our world, almost that we are sure alone. And maybe if we've we've gained more of a secularization of the world and we have less uh concept of of spirit being out there somewhere the concept of like another body that was born on the a moon of jupiter even like it's freaky to us because it does kind of shatter some preconceptions that we have through our scriptures through our bible even that do seem to make like you know we we've talked about the incarnation of jesus as a human being as like pivotally important to elements of our faith and uh, I don't know, it just, it threatens the whole story we've built if all our meaning is built on that story, you know? Mm-hmm. If aliens exist, right. is that what you're yeah. saying? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay, but you you think aliens exist out there, and but you, you wouldn't feel like it threatens your system of belief. No, because I think you answered basically the fear in your TikTok saying like, some of us, myself included, believe in panentheism, and we believe that God mm, is love. True. And that God somehow is knitting the universe together in some meaningful way, mm-hmm. you know. And that yeah. God reveals God's self to beings, regardless of time and place in history or other planets. Yeah, and maybe there's a civilization out there that God revealed themselves in, you know, Richard Rohr talks about, like, creation itself being the first incarnation of the Christ. And maybe there was a civilization out there that, like, that was enough for them. And they were like, a God made this, and we ought to worship that. God and we ought to follow, you know, whatever precepts there might be or just like live in a flow of love. And they didn't need like an incarnation in their European bodies to go and get <laughs> killed by <laughs> power structures that existed on their planet. So would that make us less advanced? Maybe. Do you think like we a, are like theological? Okay. Do you think we are the most advanced beings in the universe? Emily, do you believe in aliens, first of all? I mean, Josh doesn't. I do. Hell yeah, I do. Are you kidding me? Do you think that we are like still like the pinnacle of anything (gasps) that exists in our universe? No. Oh, gosh, no. In fact, if we are, I I cringe. Where do you think? I think even though I don't believe in aliens, I'm not convinced we at our current time and place are the pinnacle of consciousness. Like, for instance, the alien discussion often gets applied to like ancient peoples and Mm -hmm. building structures like people will talk about stonehenge and the pyramids and be like well how did like such an ancient people build that like they were dumb it must have been aliens that helped them right like we totally have this modern bias that presupposes that uh humanity and civilizations that came before us were less intelligent than we are and i think that's completely false well the the thing that i always like to point out in these kind of conversations too is that there is a I wouldn't say measurable, but there's like there's a distinction between intelligence and wisdom. And I think we discredit yes. the wisdom of ancient civilizations, even though, you know, like it, it's one I point out a lot. But like we have germ theory and now we know that germs exist, mm-hmm. but they didn't. Right. They didn't know how infections were spreading. But that doesn't discount the wisdom of ancient peoples. OK, True. speaking of ancient peoples, what do either of you make of like this whole question, like how would this influence your theology or faith when it comes to pre-human ancestors and whether or not they had super consciousness like we do? Hmm. You're talking about maybe uh, like Neanderthal. Yeah. Or um, what's the other well-known one? Homo erectus. Hmm. That because is like with the alien thing, a lot of people get in the discussion of like, well, what if the aliens need salvation? Like, do the aliens know God? Is God obligated to make God's self known to them? Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Like, what about those questions for pre-humans, or sure. or the other species that existed alongside humans? And I'm interested in that, but I have no idea what to say about that. Okay, here's the thing: is we're talking about salvation again, in a sense that, like, we're being saved from something. I don't know. Is it feels like baked into the question, Josh? We're su- we're suggesting that like some form of pre-human species like is somehow barred from even choosing to not go to hell or something like that like 
I mean, like this is something we obviously have to grapple with, you know, the three of us being people who believe in evolution by means of natural selection. I guess I shouldn't speak for you guys, but I do. Um, Well, no, I think that's a great point because I think that that's exactly why some people are ardently seven-day or young earth creationist is because their view of salvation mm. cannot wrestle with these questions or their view of Christianity. Right. And that's just yet another example of like the story that they've built meaning around is threatened by the concept of anything else. Right. Right. Yeah. Because I mean, I don't remember doing a lot of work around this when I, when I started coming around to even ideas of like theistic evolution. Cause like, yeah, I don't think Adam and Eve were historical people. And I I still don't know what to make of that. Well, maybe we should back up the discussion a little bit to a more broad question. Maybe something like, do you think that God is somehow morally obligated to make God's self known to other beings? Ask God. (laughs) Obligated by what? By God's self? I guess. Like, is there any sense of, or maybe moral duty? Like, is there any moral imperative at all for God to reveal God's self to other conscious beings, whether or not they need to be saved. That still implies to me that there's something that like prescribes the duty or obligation above God's self that I have a problem with. Mm, Unless it's self-imposed, and in which case, like I think the self-imposed revelation of love across the universe... Wow, that sounds super new agey, doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah, it does. Um, but I don't, I don't think us like mystical type Christians are far off when we like really latch onto the, the epistle of John saying God is love. Like God is the thing that animates it all. That's what panentheism basically, it, like it, there's a metaphysical statement within panentheism that basically says like, this is the gravity to the antimatter. Mm. I don't know. That's, that's the way I read it through quantum physics, which I guess also is why I'm convinced 95% that some form of like Christian universalism is the way the universe is headed is because if God wasn't under this imperative to make God's self known across the universe and yet still knits the whole thing together in some form of new creation. But even then, like is the new creation necessary if like the original creation that we experience a quote unquote fall in that might just be this planet, you know? That's what I was just thinking. What if other planets or other beings are not in the same situation or have the same understanding as we do? Like, what if what if God just wants to prevent God's self just to be like, hey, I'm God. Like, just playing around be in relationship together. Instead, we have this understanding where it's, hey, I'm God. Let's be in relationship. Oh, but there's a lot of crap in the way. Like, I got to solve this. So this is what salvation will do. What if other beings don't have to worry about salvation? What if they just get to be in relationship with God in a way that we are striving for? Which, again, is exactly what C.S. Lewis is grappling with. Like, Out of the Silent Planet, the first book of the trilogy, Ransom is kidnapped and basically taken to Mars. And on Mars, like their civilization, their planet experienced some version of the fall and experienced war and basically the planet is and it's is it, like is it red planet is that what it's called it's called out of the silent planet oh, okay because there's another book called red planet that's very similar to this plot oh yeah right um mm-hmm. but in c.s lewis's version it's like this is a war ravaged or wow a world ravaged by war already and the planet is kind of in its dying phases and then the second book called paralandra uh ransom is rocketed off to venus where basically he rescues their primordial Adam and Eve from being corrupted and basically like prevents the fall of Venus and Venus is allowed to continue to flourish outside of it. But then that hideous strength, like the third book of the trilogy is dealing with earth basically being like, we're shut out of the divine council of our solar system because of we took the fruit and now we're under the influence of some demon or devil that has silenced our planet by basically creating a force field using the moon's orbit. It's all very weird, but I like what C.S. Lewis is doing. Like we keep coming back to it because like now we're grappling with if not every planet has a fall, do they even need new creation? Why do we insist on we need new creation? And if we don't, what does that mean for any concepts of afterlife? Ooh. 
Here's a question that I have never heard anyone speak about. For how many Christians there are that feel like they have a moral imperative to tell people that they are going to hell unless they believe in Jesus? Hmm. Are there any Christians out there who also feel that moral imperative for aliens? Oh, that if you believe in aliens, you're going to hell? No, that if aliens exist, or if they already believe aliens exist, that like they have to do everything within their power to tell the aliens they're going to hell. Like, for instance, I think we talked about this a little bit on our missions episode, the mission behind missions, I think. Mm-hmm. And like some people tout those verses that oh, somehow they conclude sure. to mean that like every ear must hear about the gospel before Jesus comes back. So like if aliens exist, then like there's like all these infinite beings in the universe and like we're never going to reach them. So I guess Jesus is never coming back. <laughs> that That's what I conclude from this. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but that does bring up a good point, because what if are there people or doctrines or groups that believe that we should not preach the gospel to aliens, that they don't oh, fit no. in the category of every year? Oh, like in the same way we don't preach the gospel to gorillas? Yeah. <laughs> You don't preach the good news to gorillas, Stephen? Or to dolphins? I mean, no, I don't. But I also don't preach the have language. <laughs> I also don't preach the good news to other human beings very often. So <laughs> I'm the worst kind maybe of reprobate. S- <laughs> maybe if you started with gorillas, no. Um, right. Well, yeah, because you know we're spreading the good news to God's people. Are aliens a part of God's people? And again, we're also assuming that like we are kind of the, the main character of this evangelism that would be taking place. What if aliens would be sharing the good news with us and like we have it wrong? Well, no Christian would ever accept that. No, of course not. That's the that's the <laughs> false prophet. No God-fearing right? man would ever yeah. succumb to the aliens. Well, I'm a God-fearing woman, so there you go. Wow. Well, hmm, hmm. I mean, part of me wants to say, I get where people would see the logic in Jesus being an alien thing because of the whole like coming to earth and like providing a revelation and like a new perspective on what's happening. And I feel like people who believe in aliens, if not believe, often hope for the aliens revealing something to us that's new, whether it's technology or philosophy or something. Because really, I mean, if we're going to if we're going to be so in love or you know fanatics about superman who was an alien crashed down onto earth yes he has these superpowers but he shows us like what it means to be you know good decent people he appeared as a man but he wasn't human i i think we should yeah we can get on board with jesus essentially being like a superman you know coming to earth Yes, he was human, but he was also not human. He was something divine, something other. And he is showing us what it means to be good, decent people and trying to show us new ways of life and how to be present in the world. And I mean, it's not that far off. I don't, you know, like if we can get behind the whole Superman thing, if people love Superman, I think you can love Jesus too. Just saying. Turns out Jesus's kryptonite was Judas's kiss. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this really, is one weakness. Steven? Yeah, no, sorry. Really? Oh I think my goodness. The fellas, is it gay to kiss the homies and betray them? <laughs> <laughs> the difference, Emily, though, with Superman is that, like, Superman is the undefeatable, I don't know, ideal man. That's not true. I mean, yeah, I, he has kryptonite, right? But, like, I don't know. I've, I've heard. Many a story of like almost accidental evangelism happening when people look at a crucifix because like, you know, certain cultures have no paradigm for the divine willingly giving up their life, which I don't think Superman did. I'm very bad at anything superhero. Uh, Yeah, hello. He battles doomsday. He dies. Oh, okay. Well, debunked. Checkmate, Uh. Steven. I'm wrong. And then, well, and then, you know, Lex Luthor, like, takes his body and, like, makes a clone out of him. And then it's like, oh, Superman's alive again. But it's, like, not really super. It's weird. It's weird. But. I like that you brought up superheroes uh, because, to be honest, I think the aliens are a great thought experiment. Like, kind of like you brought up with Marvel earlier, Stephen. Mm -hmm, Like, mm -hmm. 
I think that sci-fi and aliens and these far out there concepts that are like what ifs help us explore the questions of the stories that we don't have yet. In the same way, in my mind, the Bible helps us explore these stories that have been for generations. Like people have been familiar with these stories forever. And then like sci-fi and fantasy is like the other end of that where we're like exploring a new story that's never been told before for the purpose of like thinking through it. That's fun. Right? Yeah. I really, I I can appreciate that. Thank you, And I view aliens the same way, I think. Mm -hmm. Like we have no evidence. We've never, like to our knowledge, we've never seen one, but we can imagine what it would be like and how we would be impacted, especially theologically, if that was the case. Sure. And I think that's interesting for sure. Yeah. Emily, how would your theology change if aliens existed? Or how would your sermons change? Oh, yeah. Ooh, well, okay. That, hmm. Well, I guess I would have to interact with aliens first. <laughs> you know, like, I, I, I interact with my parishioners. I don't just, like, I don't just preach something because I want to. Like, I want to preach something that I know my parishioners are going to be like, hey, she has something to say. And even for those that say, oh, my gosh, my pastor is crazy, like whatever the case may be, there's a whole spectrum of people in my church. I would want to interact with these aliens first and to be like, mm. I want to know more about your faith and like and how that can influence my sermons, because it's my it's the people that I'm preaching to that influence what I'm preaching. That and also I, I think it would just mean I have more beings to love and to be present with and could learn something from. Absolutely. I hope like that's what I strive for is to learn and to grow more. And if these other life forms have something to say that, yeah, I say, why not? I I embrace it. And if it turns out I'm wrong and they are the type that want to just have complete total dominion and, you know, completely obliterate everything and we all are probed and we are taken up in these ufos then i'm wrong and so be it like it is what it is i don't want that but if that's the case (laughs) then that's okay (laughs) okay you are abducted and you're being studied and you're halfway to jupiter do you pray for rescue to the same god Ooh. yes okay Short, yeah. shortest answer ever. I like that. Maybe, maybe that's the fun, Josh, for Emily and I of like actively believing that they are out there is like we can almost do the work ahead of time. Maybe I mean, like being oh, yeah. in the midst of the, you know, the newsreel about the attack on New York and the Avengers are real or whatever, like that might be different. But yeah, that I, I guess that's part of the experiment, the thought experiment that I enjoy the most is if, mm-hmm. I don't know, if you start tweaking with the underlying assumptions and if you just set the aliens exist to true instead of false, like what implications does it have? Yeah. And that's what it feels like your answer is born out of, Emily. It's like you just assume I, that exactly. aliens exist and yes, you do pray to the same God for rescue from your captors or whatever. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Indeed. Okay, in our last couple minutes, rate the end of my TikTok. Because somebody gave me a hate comment saying it was the most unchristian <gasps> thing they've ever heard. Wait, I said, how is that unchristian? I said, God loves everyone regardless of their beliefs. But how is that unchristian? Well, yeah, how would you rate it? What would you say? A plus, Josh. Like, I would Even if they're aliens? Yeah. I think you're, I think you're, yeah, I think you're right. Like, and again, what if we're wrong? Okay, so we're wrong. Like, we'll get over it. It's fine. But I think your statement, I don't see anything wrong with that. Like, what's wrong with the idea of God loving everyone, even if that means life forms that are not human and not of this planet? Why is that? So I wonder, Josh, I don't want to extrapolate too much from your TikTok friend who's giving you hate, but, um, that part uh, some of that almost betrays maybe some of what they think atonement accomplished cuz ever since we did the atonement episode i've been thinking about that governmental theory of atonement that oh, says jesus yes. suffered only for mm. the elect and not for everyone and i think the type of person who would say like god doesn't love you regardless of your beliefs 
might think governmental theory of atonement is the absolute right thing. Like God literally did mm-hmm. only die for the elect. Cause I mean, like I grew up hearing that Jesus died for the sins of the world, you know, and that meant everyone mm. was essentially paid for under that paradigm of atonement. And that if you only believed, then you could take it. So I, I maybe even then they're just saying you have to mm-hmm. give some form of mental assent before you can, you know, cause, cause it, the language was always like, it's not a gift unless you actually like, unless you actually accept it. You can't have a gift forced mm-hmm. on you. Sure. I give you an A plus either way. Cause I agree with you, but some yeah. people wouldn't agree with oh, us thank you. and that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I love everyone regardless of their beliefs. Exactly. <laughs> and if you don't agree, if this is an episode that just completely irks you and makes you cringe and squirm in your seat. I am so looking forward to seeing how this falls apart on <laughs> discussion forums that we have. <laughs> but this is but this is what we do. Like this is exactly why we have these kinds of conversations is to see yeah, what is it we believe? What is it we don't believe? Why mm-hmm. don't we believe it? Why do we believe it? What are the things that we could rash out? What are the things that we can learn? And what better than I think than a topic like this where we literally have no proof. There is nothing throughout this episode that has said Oh, yes, there's proof of life outside of this earth, whatever. And yet we are still having the conversation as if what if. So thank you for indulging me on it. Really, this has been great. Do you have any last thoughts? No, I don't think so. Okay. Feel content. I do too. And yes, mom, this was for you. So you're welcome. Shout out, Linda. Hope you enjoy it. Yes. Yeah. Emily, do you have a prayer for the aliens? (laughs) (laughs) aliens extraterrestrials other beings as guardians whatever the case may be we are questioning the study of life and life outside of this universe outside of this earth and how god is a part of that i think we can also question how god is a part of our life just as much And I think there's so much to ravel out and discover and discern. And let's just keep these conversations going. Welcome to the Into Podcast, where we seek to insight, insight, pursuing truth for the sake of wonder. Meet my parents. That's, That's us. us. I'm Pops. I'm the cotton candy queen. My wife, Katie. Hello. My best friend, Kevin. Am I the best friend or the wife? And me, Alex. Hey. Join us to have an honest and encouraging conversation about whatever it is that we're into. Highline Media Network, normal people in normal places.